I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Red alert. All hands stand to battle stations. Luck as foils attack positions. Prepare for battle! Autobots, roll out! Get ready, it's your weekly dose of nerd culture. All wings report in. With your crew, Obi-John Kenobi. Hello there. Commander Scott. There's nothing amazing about it. I know this ship like the back of my hand. Julian. You tell him I'm coming! And hell's coming with me, you hear? And the Doc. Great Scott! Movies, TV, streaming, video games, comic books, board games, toys, collectibles, cosplay, conventions. If it's happening in the world of geekdom, we're talking about it. So lock and load, bag and board, and roll for initiative. We've got your... Nerd Alert! We're in the pipe 5x5. Five five. Hello there. It's Obi-John Kenobi coming to you with a brand new Nerd Alert. This is going to be a fun show. If you're a long-time listener, you might remember a little show I used to do with my co-host today. My, um, what should I call it, Jay? Yeah, my, uh, he's my, my, uh, uh. The Hudson uh, Tier Hicks. I was say, he's my squad gunner. He's my smart gunner. He's the man humping the pig today. Uh, and every day, because he loves them big. Talking about. Weapons. I don't know what you guys think I'm talking about. Uh, my co-host today, because it's just the two of us, uh, ladies and gentlemen, joining us from somewhere in time and space, it's the Doc. You know, I I think we need to talk about the bonus situation. I mean, I'm just saying. You that, get what you're contracted for, just like everyone else. You know, I was I just I was just saying if maybe I could get a full share, I if I could get a full share, that'd be great. <sighs> Like I said, if you've been around this show for or like hey, like I was starting to say, and then my ADHD kicked in. <clears throat> if you were a longtime listener, you might remember myself and the doc uh, used to have a show back in the day called I'd Watch That, where essentially we would pitch an idea for a movie and then through the course of the episode sort of break the three-act structure of what the story of that film would be. Today we're going to do something kind of like that. Uh, not exactly that format, but pretty close and at the end of the show let us know if you'd watch that because today uh since it's just the two of us uh we can make it if we try just the two of us you and i uh <laughs> commander scott is away this week uh so dad's not here we're gonna get nuts um sorry i'd say reference for a different movie uh, dad's not here we're gonna keep this handy for close encounters today we are going to pitch our ultimate fan alien aliens movie. Uh, we are longtime fans of the alien franchise. Uh, we've done plenty of episodes about the franchise on the show. That shouldn't be a shock to you. Um, so today we're going to sit down and we're going to talk about the things that we as fans would love to see in a film that no one has put on screen yet. And then we're going to attempt to take those things and spin them together into one more or less coherent story. Uh, cameo from Megan. Hi, Megan. <laughs> we have a dog situation going on in the background right now. 
she doesn't want to go. What's the dog situation? What's the dog situation looking like? <laughs> You're going to get a full dog? I don't need it. Bye, Megan. Bye, Bye Megan. <laughs> That'll be fun if this ever gets up on video. Um, so. <laughs> she just got home from work, so, uh, you know. The dog had no idea. No, no idea, idea that she was there. Kind of like Newt in the septic, or in the, the cistern. No idea. Yeah. So, and space. <laughs> No one can hear you scream, but on this show, you're all going to get to listen to us. Uh, Jay, before we kick that off, I, I think you're holding up uh, Commander Scott's end of the bargain today, or no? No, not today. Okay, I, uh, okay. okay. It was a deep, dark rabbit hole that I fell down that, that I forgot to fall down again, and falling down that rabbit hole once was enough for me because I got thoroughly confused. And unlike Commander Scott, when I get confused, I don't try to navigate my way out of it i just say ah screw it so um in lieu of that i'll just hit you with this they mostly come at night mostly all right well before it's game over man uh, <laughs> by the way just just heads up there are going to be frequent alien quotes throughout this entire show so if you can't handle nerds quoting movies they love you should probably just stop listening now we're like we'll try to rein it in but gonna happen so with that it's game mind, over man game over <clears throat> sorry okay i just made that quote anyway we are going to start by sort of listing off things we as fans have always wanted to see but never gotten on screen from the alien franchise which at this point encompasses six to eight films depending on what you want to consider part of the franchise or not. So you got Alien in 79, Aliens in 86, Alien 3 in 93, um, the Alien Resurrection in 94, Covenant, uh, sorry, sorry, back to Prometheus in 20-something, uh, Alien Covenant in 20-something, and then in between there, you've got the AVP films, which are kind of their own thing, but they include Xenomorphs. So again, depending how you want to look at it, there are, are at least eight films which have Xenomorphs on screen. Um, and they are as varied as the Alien franchise kind of runs the gamut. Uh, but there are some things that are fairly consistent. Sorry, they're going to jump in there. Uh, oh, so, no. <laughs> so, the number one thing I want to see, I have four on my list. Three, okay. you can weave together very easily, I think. One, kind of a big thumb. Uh, so we'll circle back to that fourth one. But number one, the top thing I want to see. Jay, we're kids of the 90s. Yes. We remember a certain toy line. Yes. From Kenner. Oh, that's the one I was going to say, too. That was the... It, oh, well, Obi-John right now is holding up. I believe it's the Gorilla Alien. It is. It is the blue-tinted Gorilla Alien from Kenner Toys. Yes. Uh, I had that one uh, when I was a kid. Um, he crushed many a skull of his foe. So Not to be confused for the purple-tinted Bull Alien. Uh-huh, the Bull Alien, yes. yes. Anyway, so the, the Kenner toy line hit upon a really cool um, element 
to the xenomorphs that none of the movies really took advantage of alien three kind of did um and that is the fact that while the the face hugger sorry while the embryo that will become the chest burster is inside its host gestating it takes on characteristics of the host organism yeah hence the kind of line of toys has several dozen variations of xenomorph still distinctly a xenomorph but snake alien bull alien panther alien gorilla alien scorpion yeah. alien boar alien i'm just looking at my shelf right now uh mantis alien uh yeah it, they got nuts and it yeah. was awesome yes and that is the one thing i have been waiting that we sort of got this in alien 3 sort of um, depending which version of the movie you watch, the the alien uh, either gestates inside a dog, or I think the director's cut is a bull or something like uh, like some sort of like domesticated like sort of buffalo looking thing. Yeah, I, I think I haven't watched the director's cut in a while. Uh, but anyway, it's 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 the only time we see them not gestating inside a human. Yes, and the resulting xenomorph moves around on all fours. It's more cat like. Uh, even though it comes out of a dog, maybe uh, the dog burster is it's lovingly affectionately known as because that's the theatrical version. So that's the only time in a movie we ever really saw this. Yes. And even then it was kind of tame. Um, so the number one thing I want to see in an alien movie is let's get nuts with the xenomorph. Yes. I agree with you wholeheartedly. You You have an entire plethora of like a playground to go to of crossover genetic sort of mutations why not i mean it is sort of touched on also in um the avp movie where the face hugger latches on to the predator at the end they you're right. we do get a half breed you're right they kind of play in that playground but not as insane as i would have gone with it um, we, do, we do get a pred alien in the second one you're right you're right yeah um so yeah and it's it's not only is it something i want to see because i'm a fan of, of like the 90s kind of stuff but it it addresses something you kind of have to talk about if you're gonna do alien and that is the xenomorph itself isn't really scary anymore and this is this is something um ridley scott talked about when i think prometheus was coming out and at the time i was like ah he's a moron he's over the hill he doesn't really talk about it. but the more i listen to him he does have a point the first alien, the xenomorph is terrifying because you have no idea what it looks like, how it moves, what it's doing. It is, in a word, alien. You don't yeah. know what it's doing. By the time you get to movie number four, we know the entire life cycle of the creature. We know all of its forms. We, we know what it looks like in very harsh lighting, uh, very non-flattering lighting. It, it, the mystique of the xenomorph is gone. And, and especially yes. nowadays when you see I mean, I have a fucking pot vinyl over here of a little cutesy xenomorph. Yeah. And so it's kind of lost its, its edge a bit. Um, and I think that's why the variant xenomorphs address this issue. You get to basically get a do-over of sort of redesigning the xenomorph. Again, it has has to have features like the elongated head, the double jaw, things that still make it, oh, that's a xenomorph. But yes, you get to change that form a bit. Yeah. So that's my number one. Okay. I'm down with it. Okay. 
I'm jiggy with it. To... Do you want to just finish off my list, or do you want to jump in with some of yours? I don't know how you want to do this. You you talk, I talk. How does this work? I was <laughs> no, I I you what your text was. Don't do a whole lot of prep, which I don't do to begin with. So I'm just here to wing it and and okay. make it awesome. Cool. Um, but if I did have to throw in one thing, uh, I'm not gonna lie. I I would I would kill to see a power loader fight scene again, like an updated power loader fight scene. Not like uh, I don't want the same one from Aliens. I want like an updated power loader. Like, okay, we've advanced in technology some. What does the power loader look like now? Fight scene would be pretty cool. So. I'm happy to hear you say that because that is a beautiful transition into <laughs> the second thing I want to see. Uh, almost like we're 60% the same person, Jay, and yeah. have the same ideas. My number two updated colonial Marines. Yes. Yes. So we're kind of yes. dovetailing beautifully here. So uh, the, I'm vibing the. Um... Like what we've been playing, Alien Fire Team Elite. It's that yeah. sort of vibe of like, hey, there's still the Colonial Marines, but look what we have now, you know. So the inspiration for the original Colonial Marines, one of them anyway, was U.S. Infantry Vietnam soldiers. Yeah. The 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 color of the camouflage, the, uh, um, the graffiti on the weapons and the armor, the lingo they use. Um, that was all pulled from Vietnam era because that was what was sort of in the zeitgeist of the culture at the time. Uh, so excuse me, in, in 1986, we took that version of a soldier, stretched it out decades into the future. Yes. Well, excuse me. So what if we took the same premise and we did the same thing? We take a standard infantry soldier now stretch that out into however many decades in the future this is yeah so if if aliens was nom and this so you know 60s to mid 70s and now we're in 2020s what does that 50 year difference look like now obviously it's a movie you want you know you want pulse rifles to still look like a pulse rifle but think of where we've progressed in in military technology between then and now and then take what we've got now, stretch it out to the future. Things that were futuristic in 86, things like the, the built-in uh, microphones to everyone's headsets so everyone can communicate, that's pretty standard now. The flip-down infrared visor and the helmet, we have night vision and infrared that attach to helmets now. Like Everything that was futuristic in sci-fi then, we kind of have now. So I don't necessarily have the answers for that, but like, yeah. I would love to... So, yeah, so like in Nam, we had the the M sixteen A one, and now we're up to like the M sixteen A four. So if in Aliens we have the M forty one A, what does an M forty one D or E or whatever look like? You know, <laughs> air cooled. Oh, I don't even know the line. Chinese L one triple pulse assault rifle. Thousand round capacity, air cooled, watertight. <laughs> Shit, I remember. Ask me when I watch birthday. I have to think about it for a second. 
asking my blood type, but asking me to rattle off a line about a fake gun from Deep Rising. Instant recall. What next? (laughs) (laughs) Or no, what now? Now what? (laughs) That's it. God damn it. I quit. (laughs) See you later. Okay. Um, So, like, okay. So, you know, the, the big uh, advancements for, for infantry, you know, pickets in your rail system, so the guns are modular. Give me an M4, you know, give me a pulse rifle with pickets in your rail system. What's on that? Advanced optics. What's advanced now? I don't know. Do we have, like, eraser-style X-ray vision shit? Have we figured out a way to, like, help spot aliens in dark terrain? I don't know. Um, you know. Like a 3D mapping feature instead of, like, night vision yeah. or something? Like a... Yeah. Have we taken the motion tracker and slimmed it down and maybe incorporated the motion tracker into your optics on your weapon? The the motion tracker is now Picatinny Rail attachment. I'm just spitballing here, but yeah. Yeah. Um, what's the armor look like? You know, especially especially the whole idea of aliens was these are just, you know, infantry troops and they run into this this alien force that they're unprepared for, not ready for, and they get their asses handed to them. Well, again, in this universe, we've run into the Xenomorphs now. We know they're out there. So if you're the Colonial Marine Corps and you know this is out there and you've had decades to develop and prep specifically to hunt Xenos, yeah. what do your toys look like? Yeah. Maybe you there just you have like a Xeno squad that specializes in That's this. That's a catchy name. Call them the Bug Stompers. Yeah, it's like, hey, we get, we'll get to that. I, they're rolling. The ideas are rolling right now. The book we'll stoppers, they endanger species. Oh, we'll get there. We're, um, I got. <laughs> so I think you you're on board with with number two. We're good with yeah, that. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and definitely, yeah. So like the power loader was a a you know basically a high tech forklift. Yes. So what if we take uh, the the power loader frame? And militarize the shit out of it. What does well, that I look mean, like? Because you know, because obviously somebody's gonna go back and like look at. I'm assume. I would only assume the Sulaco had like some sort of security system video recordings that somebody went back and went, "Oh shit, Ripley took out a queen with a power loader. Let's militarize one." You know, like there's somebody in the in the corporation that did that. Somebody in the company looked at it. I, in the back of my head, there was always a militarized version of a power loader. It's just this squad didn't have one because what are they needed ah, for? Yeah. Uh, the, the, again, that's my own headcanon. But like, if that technology existed, yes, the military would be all over it. Yeah, for so, sure. But yeah. All right, point number three. And this is the last one that fits easily into a narrative. <laughs> kind of. Um. Something else that's been popping up in the extended stuff for the Alien Universe, the video games especially, synths, or artificial persons. Uh, now, there's always a tradition in Aliens of having, like, you know, your your Ash and your Davids and whatnot. But there's, there's a class of synths that are maybe not quite as advanced. They're not the shiniest floor models. They're built to be workhorses. They wear coveralls. <laughs> They're your your standard working Joes. Uh, but I'm not exactly talking about that. I want to see the less evolved synths in a combat role. 
it's something that shouldn't happen, shouldn't exist, because as Cameron kind of established in Aliens, the the synthetic artificial persons, whatever, the the androids of the alien universe follow Asimov's rules of of robot, uh, three rules of robotics. Yeah. Which is, so number one, they can't, um, by action or inaction, cause a human being to be harmed. They have to follow all orders given to them by a human unless it contradicts rule number one. And they have to preserve their own existence um, at all costs unless it violates one or two. Uh, And Bishop kind of gives a a little bit of that in Aliens. So combat synths shouldn't exist. However, is it that much of a stretch to think that Wayland yutani or Siegson or some other shady corporation isn't selling some workhorse synthetics to just be standard combat drones? Or, and hear me out because I'm getting a little bit into our next step here, if you run maybe some kind of facility where you're maybe, I don't know, studying xenomorphs and you have to, I don't know, send people in to bring in new specimens, would you send in a human or would you send in a synth that they're going to ignore. I don't know. I'm just John, spitballing here. Yes. It's scary how similar we are. It is scary. <laughs> it's terrifying. I'm terrified right okay. now. Okay. Were you going to bring that up? <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to save my last one. Okay. Because um, it's going to be a left turn. And I think there's maybe a way to dovetail into it. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hold off on that for now. So using those three. Unless there's anything else you want to add to that list. No, I'm good. Okay, xenomorph variants, updated colonial marines, and combat synth or you know, synthetics used outside of just the, the role we normally see them as. Uh, that's our story, or those are our story elements. So, Jay, we we open okay on a Wayland Utani, just like floating platform, like what the um. Like what is in Alien Isolation, what is being hauled by the Nostromo, what is in um, Alien Fireteam Elite, the the quad-towered... A space station, like a refinery space. station. Yeah, okay. okay. So it's out in orbit around, most likely, a uh, planet in the LV system, would be what I would say, because, you know... We know LV-426, but also I'm assuming that we're putting this after the events of Aliens. Yeah, so to me... So this takes place in the future? Yeah, Resurrection jumps like 200 years. There's like I don't want to jump that far. Yeah, no, no, no. There, there's like I think six months or something between Aliens and Alien Three. So maybe post Alien Three, but yeah. not maybe a few years after the events of Aliens, but not or or given what I want to do with the, the Marines, maybe we're say 25, 30 years after that. Uh, yeah. Cause something else I plan is I, I am, I am not including any previous characters from any movies. Okay. Um, no Ripley, no Hicks, no new, right. n- nothing. We're not just, the, the franchise doesn't need those characters. Let's move on. So we're, we got this floating space station okay. in orbit. You get the classic text of like yep. station, blah, 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 blah. Wayland Utani. Um, What's the word I'm trying to think of? Wayland Utani research vessel or re- research station. Blah 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 blah. And we go in to the station, and in like one of the laboratories, we see Xeno eggs. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And then we see like robotic arms, like, you know, surgeon, like manipulating type stuff, messing with it and pulling out and maybe like, you know what I mean? Manipulating it. So basically we're setting up, hey, we're in a research station in orbit around one of the planets. I like where your head's at, but that's pretty much the opening of Alien Resurrection. It's got that vibe, but I'm not going to. See, I, I don't want to set it on a space station. Okay. I'd so in in my head, and we can riff on this. We can find a middle ground because we do. Definitely a research station. This is a black site, does not exist. No one will admit to it. Way out in deep space where no one comes to look and bother us. Research station run by Way You. Or you could, if you want to change things up, maybe maybe it's not Way You. Maybe it's Sieg Sun or a competitor trying to get a leg up on Way You something like that i don't know i'm a spitballing but the research is uh, the research station is on a planet or a planetoid something that's uh, got an atmosphere and 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 because uh, i want to get away from the standard space station spaceship kind of things you see in aliens movies now granted the research station itself will still harken back to all that old you know the the um uh, think of like the uh, uh, the colony on LV four two six. That same yeah. kind of yeah. you know, it, it'll harken back to that, but be a little more advanced. The technology is a little more updated. It's sort of like in Prometheus, so it looks to modern audiences, you know, fancy and high tech. Um, but it's there because it's out of the way. Now you could maybe have something orbiting the planet, um, like a, a way station to get to the research facility that brings in supplies and things. Because uh, there could be some some interesting story uh, elements to, to that, um, but I, I I would prefer uh, to have it set on planet side, and and not like teeming with life, not like a you know a tropical jungle kind of setting, but enough flora and fauna that it it looks unassuming. Um, not a perfect paradise for you like want to build a colony on it because again it has to be kind of like out of the way and no one cares about this planet um, like a backwater enough, planet that's like yes yeah enough local wildlife that it's not like an arid or maybe it is you know, not an arid desert but uh but like something a temperate that's, like a like the north like north america where it's yeah. not it's not a jungle. Not every square foot is covered with some sort of creature, but like there are creatures that are about. You've yes. got your classic predators, prey, a variety of species, like uh, food chain type situations. Yeah, yeah. Because um, I think a cool opening would be a team capturing local wildlife and bringing it back to the research station. See, that's where I was going with my research station in orbit was they were, what I was going to say is that they were testing, like they were taking xenomorph eggs and taking face huggers and attaching them to like earth creatures, but in space, not on earth so that they weren't, you know what I mean? And I definitely want to circle back to that idea because I think that's how we get our hero characters in. Um Again, lifting a little bit from Alien Resurrection. In Resurrection, the crew of the Betty is bringing in cryostasis humans. Uh, sort of wink nod to that. Our our crew in this is bringing in wildlife from Earth. Cryostasis wildlife? Yeah. 
Um, specifically, we yeah. We've mashed the two ideas together. Okay, so you've got this research research station on the planet. You have a space station in like geosync orbit above, so that they don't have to traverse around the planet to get to the research station. It's just geosync, so that they're yeah. constantly in. And maybe you do something where, like, the rotation, you can change it. I mean, you can get into the details later of, like, oh, one day on this planet is, like, three Earth days or something like that, you know? So that they can hold that orbit. And then, uh, so that's that's your transfer station. So you bring in cargo. And uh, there you go. That's how you keep it unassuming. Cargo vessels bring it to the station, and they drop it there, and then company... Whoever the company is takes it in dropships down to the um, the, the planet side one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. So it's the best of both worlds because then you've got this like sort of hey, what's going on here type situation. And it's a don't ask, don't tell. You know, they don't they didn't pay me to ask questions type thing going on with the crew. I dig it because that also presents some interesting story uh, things you can tie back into later in the film. Uh, you know, shit goes wrong on the planet because you know it's going to, but we got to call the satellite. Yeah, call the station. Yeah. It gives you that, that the, the Jurassic Park equivalent of call the mainland for a chopper kind of situation. Yes. Yes. Or okay. where I, sorry, call them the spirit dropship from the Sulaco kind of situation. Sorry, I forgot what movie I was making. Don't forget to crawl through a pipe. That can barely fit anybody inside of it. And... Uh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah. So, so yeah. So on this research station, I have two kind of characters I, I want to pitch. Uh, one is your main bad guy, uh, and we're gonna we're gonna do this. I don't care if it's cliche. I fucking love it. Uh, uh, the lead scientist guy, girl, whatever, totally absorbed with her work and and trying to to. Again, I, I think you make it a competitor of Waylon Utani, and they're trying to get a leg up on Wayu and, and their work with the xenomorphs. Because until now, we've only seen one corporation ever encounter these things, and that, that's kind of boring. I'll let you, you finish. I have okay. something to add to that, but okay. So they're they're trying to to rapidly uh, come up with a, a trying to build a better xenomorph, uh, and they're they they've uncovered or discovered whatever the the inherent quality of the, the Xeno to take on its host qualities. So without having to get all crazy mad scientists gene splicing, they're, they're intentionally breeding Xenos from different stock to look for the best qualities of what they're looking for. Now, maybe down the road we get the gene splicing and, and really getting nuts with it, um, but for now, it's, it's that basic um, structure. Um, and, and so our main, one of our main characters is the lead researcher. And and they've been here since it's been set up. They live for their work. You know, kind of a a uh, not complete crazy mad scientist type, but like <laughs> someone who is very like all oh, they live for their work. This is all they they, they have. Um, and and someone who's who's going to push things too far. And the other person is basically their errand boy. Um, this is sort of like if Muldoon had an evil twin. Okay. This is the guy who makes the runs 
for the the scientists and his crew to go out to the local populace and catch wildlife and bring it back. He makes the cargo runs up and back and forth from the shuttle. He's in charge of security. It's it's him, maybe a handful of real people, but it's mostly him and a bunch of synths that okay. are doing the dirty work. All right. And then into that, um, you bring in, and this is what I'm kind of on the fence about. Do we bring in full-on Marines or Mercs? Well, let's let's pause for a second. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. What you got? What if your lead scientist person, and I, yeah. I know that this might be fan service, but also with an alien movie, I feel like you need just a touch, just a, a skosh. Just a just a little dabble of fan service. Okay. What if your evil, you know, maniacal doctor, let's put a face hugger on a gorilla person. What if their name is Dr. Burke? Huh? Huh? No. Huh? You know, they, no. they no. don't want to follow in dad's no. footsteps. So no. Dad wasn't a scientist. Dad worked for way you. Dad was a company man. No, no, I don't want any direct tie-ins to any previous characters. Fine. It was an idea. I just threw it out there. Whatever. Just, just this will be the John episode. Nothing I add will be of any use. If you said Doctor Wu, that'd have been funny. That'd been good. <laughs> you really to Henry Hank Hank Wu? Yeah, I know Hank you, Wu. You know what, Jay? You know what? I'm going to walk it back a little bit. I don't okay. want the scientist, but I think there is a way to maybe work in a connection to some previous stuff. Okay. So our main our main protagonists, do we want to go full on Marine? So, okay. So I'm interested in your, your um, sort of alien resurrection, Firefly crew are they your are you thinking they're your main protagonist well, or are you thinking see, i don't necessarily want to do that because again it's straight from alien resurrection we've seen that before yeah. so what i'm kind of leaning towards and this gets into the some of the lore from the the games and stuff is what if it's just a marine squad on long-range reconnaissance patrol limited size uh, so smaller cast, uh, they don't have a full-on like Sulaco-sized ship. They're just out there, basically on a long-range reconnaissance patrol. No one's supposed to be out here, and they stumble upon this whole thing. Sort of a Island of Doctor Moreau in space kind of thing. Okay, because that gives you. And then, and then, let me, let me, let me see if I can, if I can bring it home. One of the Marines. Is a Latino named Vasquez. Oh. And we just have a line in there about he or she, whatever, uh, is a, a lifer because their whole family going back different generations are born Marines. Uraz in my blood. Okay. Would it be too cliche if our protagonist group of Marines was? Like you said, like or what we said earlier, like a Xeno-specific squad. Like they get called in when shit goes really south. And like... I like the idea of them stumbling on this and having no idea what it is. Maybe 
how about this? What if they've got, this is their first trip out with a new CEO who's been busted down in rank and assigned to this jerk squad because of something gone wrong. And then we find out later that he was part of the Xeno squad, but a mission went wrong and uh, they, they, they stuck him on this crap assignment. So when, when things start popping up, he knows what the Xenos are and he can kind of be kind of your, um, because your then he can, hero a little bit. There you go. Then he can be like shocked. He's like, oh shit, it's a bug hunt. Like I get, this is nothing. Like we've got the equipment. We, you know, cause we're updated. Like we, we know how to yeah. handle this. And like your, your Marines are still going to be trained to handle Xenos because even if they're not the Xeno squad, they're trained to handle Xenos. And that's when shit really hits the fan because it's like, what the hell is that bull? Is that a bull? And an alien, a bull Zeno, what's going on here? I like that yeah. because then he can have a backstory, yeah. you know. He's just like, yeah, you know, that's good. No, they're someone on, has on the line of recon. Someone has the line when, when when they first run into whatever the first Zeno is. And, you know, have you ever seen anything like that? And they're all like, what the hell is it? And then you cut to, you know, the CIA is like, well, kind of have. Or, yeah. well, not quite. Uh, no, that's good. Yes. Long range recount. So, so basically our act one is facility status quo on the facility. Uh, who's running it? Uh, we see again, I, I think it'd be cool to start with, with, uh, our evil Muldoon out on a run, uh, uh, capturing some kind of local wildlife. Cause then you could start on a planet and have some kind of alien creature. Maybe it's like, I don't know, like a, weird alien raccoon with six arms or something you know not something like crazy predatory but just like kind of like a you know it's alien but it's not like super attack alien or you know whatever they go out and capture something they bring it back and then we see them sort of like plant you know strapping it down and putting the egg in front of it and then you smash to your titles and then we see you know you from the title screen you cut to your marine squad and they're uh they're they're you, it's aliens. You could have them waking up from cryo because they've finally reached the start of their actual patrol. They've been in cryo until they hit the LV blah, blah, blah system. Um, so now they're here to check out, you know, and you start with them griping about this is a shit assignment and nothing's out here. No one lives out here. There's no colonies out here. This is this is total BS. What you got? It's the LV system, right? Okay. So they know what happened there. Right. And so then their gripe can be this is a shit assignment. There's no colonies out here anymore. Because then, like, you're recognizing the fact that you're in the LV system. They recognize the fact that they're in the LV system, but they don't know. You know what I mean? Like, they're something about, you know, they nuked that planet all to hell. There's nothing out here anymore. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like this is this is where they send this is where they send Marines to die, like not to die, but like this is where they send Marines to waste away. Yeah. You know, it's like clearly there's not any action out here anymore. All the other actions in whatever system. So, yeah, there you go. And then grabbing about their new CEO and, you know, he comes on deck at the worst possible time and. He's sort of like a Colonel Quatrich in the USM, USCM. You know, he's grizzled and been there, done that. And he doesn't want this assignment, but this is where he's going to finish out his career. So he's going to make the best of it. 
Look into my eye. <clears throat> Maybe he was, you know, he was like a colonel or something before. Now they busted him down to like lieutenant and gave him a crap squad. Um, just to, to, to waste away. You know, he, he always was an asshole. Yeah, yeah, you can have you can literally have the the the, the others the rest <laughs> of the squad sort of saving Private Ryanish. Like, man, I heard he was assigned here. And, oh no, dude, that's bullshit. Yeah, I saw his record. He was he was here. He like you know the mystery of where he was and what he did before this. Yes, yes, yeah. Cool, cool, cool. So they're okay. So that's all of our. So they're on patrol. So when do we? When does shit hit the fan? Between one and two. It it hits the fan. Yeah. So while. After our, uh, you know, meet the crew moment is when they get to work and whoever the the the, the um, pilot and whenever the the control crew for the ship is, um, you know, okay, we're on site. Start running scans. You know, this is dumb. Nothing's out here. Blah blah. And then all of a sudden, they get a ping of the station, which is not supposed to be there. So that that's your sort of inciting moment of. You know, and that could even be when when the CEO finally does show up. Is you know, hey, on your feet, Marines, gear up. Uh, we have an un you know unidentified uh, station that's not supposed to be out in this region. Uh, we're rolling in, get ready. And then you can have your gearing up scene, and and the the first part is is them going to the station, and everything's fine. Well, so they they get to the station, and again, it's a whole like you know they're they're radioing the station, and their station won't radio back, and it's just radio silence, and you know, um, so they they basically have to like storm the station because they can't get any kind of again, it's not supposed to be there, uh, and, and no one's talking to them, so they they in, in a in a modern Cheyenne, whatever the next uh, iteration of the Cheyenne dropship, now it can fly into space, and it's got a umbilical tube connection thing so they hook up the station and they rush the station and they get there and it's like five guys watching monitors being like the hell are you guys doing here like you know they're all geared up for like oh man a bunch of smugglers or pirates or blah 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 blah. and they get out there and just it's just these dudes watching like because the station again is like a glorified like uh uh truck stop way station yes it's just there to receive cargo and transmit it down to the they may not maybe these guys don't even know what exactly is going down on the surface they're just there to check in cargo and it, take orders yeah you we can throw in like a little comedic moment of like their their protocol is you don't call back to the ships coming in like the ships come in and dock because the ships that come in think it's automated so like they don't even have the receiving equipment. It's just the the cargo ships that they're used to come in and dock, and then they have you know maybe like working joes. So you could throw some working yeah. joes. They come there unload the stuff, right? And so like they don't even call back. They're not even like registering. Oh hey, there's a ship because they're so used to it. And the joes, and so they dock, and you get this whole like squad of marines files in, and they're you know, they hear the doors open behind them and the one guy in the in charge is just like, oh, you guys are early. Wait a minute. You know, just one of those like, uh, just like turns around in his chair with his cup of coffee like, you're early. Huh. Yeah, there's a full squad of Marines decked up, ready to go, yeah. <laughs> just pointing guns at him. He's just like yeah. sipping his coffee. He's just like, sir, you're going to want to come up here. Yeah, that's. I think that would be fun. Like a fun. I like it. I dig it. 
So then, so they're trying to figure out, okay, why are you guys here? And the guys on the station are like, we're we're a cargo way station, man. There's there's a somebody on that planet, and occasionally they send stuff up, and most of the time we get stuff to send down to them. And there's a dude who comes up every once in a while, and that's that's all we know. We're 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 paid to sit here and 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 you know log cargo and stuff. They literally know nothing, and uh. I think that would be a good opportunity to what I would like is we don't see the shit hit the fan at the the planet side base. Oh, it's not gonna hit the fan for a minute yet. Like we, oh, we okay. still gotta in my near to like we still gotta get them down. So at this point, they know not only is there a satellite or a station that's not supposed to be here, we're being told someone's down on that planet. So, so that's their job to go check. Yeah, and, and you could play it one of two ways. One, you have Evil Muldoon come up to pick up a cargo run, and he runs into the Marines, and he's smart enough to know he has to play nice with the Marines. Um, but he also, on his way back to Planetside Radios, to you know the Dodge, are like, "Hey, Doc, coming back with that cargo, and I picked up some company on the way." Um. Because then you get down to planet side and it's it's very much like jockeying over, you know, the Marines are here to do a job and they're like, yeah, but the Marine Corps doesn't own this planet. So you have no jurisdiction here. And you know, that tug of war for power between the Marines and the the the, the research station. Finally, they lament because, again, Muldoon is smart enough to know, like, dude, play ball with the Marines. It, it's sort of like, you know, like. You're throwing a party and the cop knocks at your door. It's like, everybody, put your drinks away and be cool. Yeah, yes. They can think this is really boring and they'll leave. Yes. Uh, so they get down there and, and at first they're just, okay, this is an out-of-the-way research station. And, oh, we're developing pharmaceuticals um, using some maybe less than legal methods, but we're out of anyone's legal jurisdiction. So we're not really breaking the law out here kind of like an international waters kind of thing you give them a dog and pony show and then your next inciting incident is somehow we've got to bump into a xeno at some point okay um what kind and how and where i don't know so i think okay i like your idea of i think so okay so the the marines show up at the orbiting base uh-huh. And I think that somebody at the orbiting base calls to the, they're like, yeah, I need to make a call. You know, he doesn't just randomly show up. He's just like, I got to call this in. Let me, let me get, let me talk to my supervisor. One of those, let me get my manager yeah. type situations. And so then he calls down to the planet and he's like, hey, there's some colonial Marines here. They want to talk to somebody in charge. So evil doctor sends up evil Muldoon to go check yeah. it out. And that's when Evil Muldoon walks in. He's like, oh, hello. I'm assuming you're here on a normal routine inspection. We didn't expect an inspection. You know, he's laying this, like, huge layer of bullshit, right? And they know that this is going on. So then that's when they go down to the planet, you know? And they're doing the whole, you know, what do you, what do you call it, dog and pony show of, this is what we're doing. This yes, isn't we're anything. Doing- pharmaceutical research with all this exotic wildlife that's why it's here yeah um and then i think i think oh we need to have something where i'm assuming there's going to be other lab scientists working 
right? And in a rush to try to hide what's going on with this, they didn't quite seal one of the Xeno cages. Or they didn't double check it. Before they like, I'm thinking they have like storm shutters, like battle storm shutters to go over the windows. And they close the shutters and then, oh, there you go. I know, again, you're kind of, you're going to get kind of some like, a little bit of alien resurrection vibes, but they close the storm shutter and these Xenos are smart enough to know, oh, they're not watching us. This is when we try to escape. What Xeno variant do you want to get free? First. <laughs> I... You know, spidery? I would Go. say, I, okay... Gonna sound Gorilla? dumb. I, it, it might sound dumb, but like the closest one to a human type one that you could get without it being a human type one, because you could go gorilla. Here's yeah. why: apes smart. Yes. Maybe this thing's figured out a way. So so it sees the other shutters closing, and it sees the guy getting closer to him, and there's something in the cage food bowl or something i don't know and it's smart enough to know that as the guy hits the button and then turns around he puts something under the door so his shutter doesn't close completely and that's enough for him to get his hands because hey gorilla opposable thumbs to pull the door up and then he's gonna like break through the glass somehow and so now he's out into the research station and again Gorilla, smart, opposable thumbs, gets he, out. Again, it's it's sort of alien resurrection-ish, but like bites himself to get the acid blood on the window. No? Okay. Sorry. Been done. So I throw it out there. Yes. Okay. So he escapes. He gets out. Somehow gets out. I hate that. Somehow he gets out. Well, that's it's so, yeah, he's smart enough to figure out a way around their shutter door closing thing. Because, again, yes. you wouldn't need a glass pane. You could put them behind, like, you know, whatever. Um, or you could say that they were just drawing, you know, just doing a, a test on him. So they were hurriedly putting him away. And he he used something, used some kind of a tool. Because, again, Gorilla Alien smart to, yeah. to pry his door back open. And he starts making a, you know, shit ton of ruckus in the lab. You can even have, like, there are, the, the Marines are turning around, about to leave, like, all right, cool, this was out of the ordinary, but, again, nothing illegal going on. We're going to radio it back in that you guys are out here and move along. And then they hear, they hear a ruckus. Can you describe, describe the ruckus? ruckus? And then, they, okay, I want to see in that. And as soon as they open the door, boom, gorilla alien comes flying out the door. And you can literally have a scene where, like, you've got piping in the ceilings. And the gorilla alien hops up and, like, a gorilla is, like, swinging from the piping on the ceiling, like, beast and X-Men coming down the hallway. And they're just like, what the hell is that? Let me, let me paint a visual picture for you. Okay, okay, okay. They hear a ruckus, okay? They open the door to the lab. There's a gorilla alien hanging from the pipes, ripping a combat synth in half with his feet. Because gorilla. 
wouldn't it be hanging from its feet and ripping it with his hands? Either way, awesome okay. visual <laughs> of that. And then the Marines just going, oh, shit. You know what I mean? Like, what the fuck is that? It, it'd be a good visual and like a punch in the face to the Marines, you know? Mm-hmm. And then sort of a shit hits the fan, you know, what so, is that? You know, sort of. So in my mind, the way your 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 basic premise plays out from this point then is they try to get control of the gorilla alien. Eventually okay. we take it out. Yeah. In the commotion, somebody in the control room hits the panic button and the whole station goes into lockdown. And then somehow the other aliens get free. That's as far as I got. Okay. What if in the commotion something happened because you're in the control room? Let's say you're in the control room, right? Because it's like... Oh, I got it, Jay. The lab? Okay. I hate this because... Uh, okay, okay, okay. I hate snakes. Yeah. But you know what could get out of a cage easily and sneak through scaffolding and piping and air ducts and get free and cause a ruckus inside the control room? Snake. Snake alien. So Gorilla Boy gets free. Yeah. And in him getting free... Ooh, there we go. Okay. It's kind of a trope. It's kind of cliche. But kind of a Planet of the Apes kind of thing. But like in him getting free... He accidentally releases Snake Alien. Right? Like, he gets out of his containment area, doesn't know what he's doing, or maybe he does know what he's doing because he's smart, but Snake Alien gets out. And Snake Alien slithers through the, the control room, gets to the control room, and... But we don't see the whole thing yet. We just see, yeah. like, the tail slither into, like, an air duct. Because yes. to me, this is the big, because again, fucking I hate snakes. But to me, this is the big scary scene of the control room. And we, we hit the lockdown button. And then, you know, the red emergency lights are on. And, and, and you just see, like, the vent shaft, like, behind the guy. You just see this thing start to come out. You know, it'd be even more badass if we're going snake alien, and this might give you the heebie-jeebies. It already does. Let's pile it on. Okay, it's it's like a king cobra, so he's like oh, yeah. hooded. He's like hooded up, and just like pops up behind the guy after he drops. So all you see is him drop down, and then he he's hooded up, coming up behind him, and. Don't some cobras spit venom? Yes. It's a xenomorph, right? It's acid. Yeah. On to? The control panel. There you go. Which releases the rest of the xenos, and on the release of the rest of the xenos, locks down the outside doors because it's a fail-safe. It's one of those, in case of emergency, everything to the outside gets shut down. So, yes, so now our, our group of Marines and our lab dude and the, the combat since... Oh, back it up. So, so we're everyone locked in the compound with all their wild experiments gone free. Yes. 
Yes. So first step is Evil Muldoon trying to to him, him and his squad trying to re-wrangle. What's our what's our what's our queen, Jay? What's our big like this is the this is the thing he's worried about. Like Muldoon was worried about the Raptors over everything else. What's the thing this guy's worried about over everything else? Or is it the queen? Tiger alien. Okay. Not Bear bad. alien. In Soviet Russia. <laughs> bear hug you. Oh, oh, oh. Oh, mind, mind. Okay. okay. So you know how, like, the queen is just randomly, like... I mean, you have the queen face hugger, right? So, like, maybe they didn't know they had a queen face hugger. And they hooked up the queen face hugger to some sort of terrifying creature and now the queen is a hybrid of the queen alien and this terrifying creature and it's just a matter of what is just fucking scary as an animal all right jay jay i might lose you here so tell me if i'm going too far okay so we said the the initial experiments were just using the the xeno's inherent ability to take on host attributes yes but the next step from that would be as you catalog all these variants, what yeah, traits is. do you like? What traits do you not like? So what yeah. if the thing he's trying to get to, like you said, it's a queen embryo with the spliced traits of all the things they've done before. Like this is the culmination of their experiment is this thing. So it's got like freaking beef arms, like a gorilla. Yeah. It can spit acid like the snake. It's got like, ooh, instead all. Maybe they captured an alien. I can't remember the name. What, what is it? The the Nexus? No. From Star Wars, the cat thing. Oh, you know what I'm thinking of? Like from Attack of the Clones. The thing that like swipes at Queen Amidala, that Padme. Okay. What about it? it? It doesn't have like three tails. What if the queen had three yeah, tails? Multiple tails. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Jay, Jay. Yeah. What if it has wings? <laughs> Flying queen, Jay. <laughs> Flying queen alien with, is that what that is? Deluxe Flying Queen. Oh. Because it's more expensive than the others. So it's it's the, so so this queen alien is the, the fucking um, King Gadira of aliens right like this is yeah this is the thing and it's it's and as soon as shit hits the fan stuff starts going wrong it's it's the the lead scientist who turns to evil muldoon and says to him like you need to lock down whatever it is double zero oh one whatever we're calling whatever the code name is for this is oh i like oh one did you you need to lock down oh one did you lock down oh one is oh one locked down and all the marines are like uh it doesn't sound good. Oh, one. You can even you know, pull them aside. Things like, you know, forget these Jagovs. You need to go lock down. Oh, one. Uh, before anything else. Yes. Because yes. then you've got that ticking clock of what's oh, one. Yeah. 
Because then, you know, his team gets there and they obviously all get taken out, but we don't see the whole thing yet. This, again, this is where you you get to sort of repeat the playbook of you see this thing take out Evil Muldoon and all of his synths, but you never see the thing fully. You never see it from the same angle more than once. You never see it take someone out the same way more than once. You build that mystery. I know you. I know you're not a fan of like you're. I like. I know you like to show it. Like you're gonna show it, but for this case, you don't show it, and we don't see it as an audience. What we do is we watch it through the eyes of the marine and science dude who are watching it through like cameras on their team. Do you hear what I'm saying? So like. And I mean, like, you can show it as the audience, but like, and you can go full screen with it, but like, it's, it's like that scene in Aliens where they cut to the helmet cams. Okay. okay. I got you. Okay. Do you get what I'm saying? And so, like, that's our all characters are watching it on screen. We, the audience, are still seeing. Like, we're seeing snippets. Like, yeah. in the corner, it's like, it'll say, like, synth, synth alpha and synth beta and like we're getting different viewpoints and all you see is like muzzle flashes and then you see like a wing or you see like a tail stab through one of the combat synths and you hear like evil Muldoon like what the hell is that you know or like god damn it you know yeah just okay okay yeah because i think that'd be that'd be a good way of like it raises the stakes of what's going on. We can't see this thing. We as the Marines, because as like the audience member, I think we're like a rookie Marine in the company. You know what I'm saying? Like that's how we're viewing it. And so our our blood pressure's elevating. Our sphincters right. are contracting. Uh, <laughs> Full on clenched. We're we're going. Mm, I'm not going in there. No sir. Okay. Okay, I like this. So we have our our climax, our our boss fight set up. We've got our taking time clock of we got to call the satellite to get our dropship to come down. <clears throat> We've got our So okay, so we got to lock down the facility. We got to we have to okay, so wherever they are, they've got to get to the communications node, whatever. Yeah, to call up to the satellite to let the dropship know get down here. Yes. So that's our mission. So we're we're going through this complex, knowing everything is loose. So give me like three to five variants. We want to see them come across. We got to take a snake. They don't have to be individual. We could do yeah. like some kind of pack animal. Yeah. So snake, we got to get the snake taken out. So gorilla's already done. We got gorilla. We got to take, we got to take out. Well, we take out snake when we get to control room. Okay. Before we lock down O one, one like that's sort of our set piece of like, right. And then we can have downtime of the Marines talking to the CO. Like I've never seen this before. Like what the hell was that? And he's like, well, and then we get like exposition dump backstory of I was part of the, the bug stompers, you know, and they're like, holy shit. So you know what's going on? And he's like, no, so you know yeah, what I mean. Nothing like, here is like anything I've seen before. Yeah. You know he builds up, builds up, builds up confidence, builds up confidence in his troops. And they're like, "Yeah, let's do this." And then they're like, "Wait, you what? You've never done this." So anyway, uh you get the moment of them. You know, he's he's grilling the mad scientist. You know, it was a perfect organism, and you thought you could make it better. You know, that kind of thing. Packing. What you got? Um, 
I'm thinking like, you know, wolves, like coyotes, like I know we did dogs before, but I mean like full on pack animal. Saber to a tiger. <laughs> Weird pull, but um Okay, so what's uh Thangarian um alien alien saber tooth tiger cat gotcha. whatever yeah Al- alien saber tooth tiger maybe gotcha. it's got two tails I don't know uh, uh, I got I got one for you Jay yeah okay so they're walking through blacked out area using their night vision or whatever um, and they hear this weird screeching sound but they can't see anything until they hear dropping like drip 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 and they look bat aliens smaller but flying xenomorphs based on a bat and a whole like ceiling whatever bat colony is called full of them not a fan of bats jay gross jesus (laughs) because imagine i i what we're doing so far, and I like this because I think we did it kind of organically, is we're building up all the things that will make the chimera at the end. Yes. The gorilla, the snake, the tiger with the multi-tails, the the flying with the bat. Like we're 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 sort of slowly introducing elements that will then all come together when and maybe that's a, maybe that's a, you know chimera one, whatever, uh before we get to that. Yeah. Yeah, you know it'd be scary, like a like a crocodile Zeno or a shark Zeno. So, oh, see, I would love a shark, but then you have to introduce some kind of like aquatic setting. Yeah, like a like a crocodile Zeno, like a like an ambush predator Zeno. Like it blends in with its surroundings, sort of. Ooh, like a giant chameleon Zeno. Do we want to do chameleon? I don't want to not do chameleon. Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon. Komodo dragon Zeno. <laughs> that, son of a bitch, that son of a bitch yep. is just aggressive as fuck. There's only one of them. You know, it's like you don't, know what, yep. you don't know, want to know what we went through to get a Komodo dragon and like get a face hugger on it. And then you could even throw in a little bit of like comedy of like that son of a bitch killed three face huggers before we finally got it to take one, you know, cause it's, I mean, Komodo dragons or something, man. Yeah. Yeah. No, I just, just the visuals you could do with the Zeno Komodo dragon. Like, yeah. I think yeah. it would be hilarious if you threw in a, like the doctor just almost admiring his work, you know, of like, it took four face huggers before it finally took. <laughs> you know. Like, Did you know the Komodo dragon saliva contains over three different kinds of bacteria and poisons? Took three face huggers before I figured that out. <laughs> it's like they're shooting. It's not how you're not helping, Doc. You know, like yeah. somebody gets a big badass moment with like you know a missile launcher or something, and the Komodo just hits it with a tail. It's like, yeah, dude, we got it, and it's just like it's the Komodo dragon. So it just like pulls its tail off and keeps going yeah you slow you start to see the tail start to kind of regrow like not instantly regrow but like it's already starting to like yes. slight regeneration kind of yeah okay good pull i like that one i like that one yeah 
probably there's any direct yeah good well then because once you get to like chimera 01 you've got all this stuff going on yeah yeah (sighs) i don't know if there's anything else that could you could throw in there yeah i like our hybrid list already and here's the thing when i pitch you my ending yeah it's kind of a catch-all for anything we might have left off okay so we've worked our way to the control station to the to through the, all the, the crazy xeno variants the the the, the radio node yeah, the, or the yeah sorry the communications yeah, yeah yeah um we've lost some squatties along the way we fought a crap load of crazy xenos along the way but we got here we raided you up and uh you know tell the tell the satellite hey we've got a you know assets out of containment whatever thing and get the drop ship down here and and jay you tell this is when the captain says to the drop ship uh i need you to unpack the (laughs) from the cargo hold here's your upgraded power loader something simple the duke okay i need you to unpack the duke and that, like, they just know what that is. Like, it's just, and maybe you could come up with some sort of acronym for Duke, but like, <laughs> I don't know what at this point in time, but like, he's just like, I need you to unpack the Duke. And then the, the dropship guy's like, are you sure? You, you really want me to get that out of cargo right now? Like. It's that bad down there. <laughs> yeah, you see that you hear that radio communication, you see the facial expression, and it's like, oh, okay, I can do that. Yes. So then, drop shippy drop shipness. Yes, yes. So the drop ship can only get to one. Um... Uh, only one like landing pad um because of the lockdown is approachable because it has a direct line to the communications booth whatever so they've got to go meet them there so that's our last hump is to get from there to the pad to meet the dropship when it comes down uh maybe okay so like so we've heard how bad Oh, one is and like, right? And we haven't seen Evil Muldoon since he went off to go contain it. So, so we assume we as the the squad have assumed. Oh, okay, it's either in containment or something. But like getting to the drop, like the landing pad, takes you past O one's territory area, containment area, like. Before we hunt, before we leave, we have our expository shouting match. Because um, the doc is still trying to get a hold of Evil Muldoon to confirm it's been locked down. And he can't. He can't raise him. Um, and he's going through. He's in the communications room. So he's going through all the cameras. He can't. All the cameras in that area are taken out. He's got no feed. He's got no. So finally, you have the the big knockdown drag out between our, our failed uh, hero commanding officer dude about what is this and you know the, the confession uh that's it's the culmination of everything we've been doing here it's it's literally 
everything you just you know went through hell to get through it's that all rolled into one um it, it's designed to you know you drop one of these on a planet and forget about it it's going to become the top predator it's going to start a nest it's going to take over everything you know exactly whatever you know the, the nightmare scenario that ripley pitches if an alien gets out yeah that's it's that accelerated it's it's that you know it's perfection improved uh made more aggressive and and given even more uh it's it's not just getting certain abilities from one host it's getting prime abilities from every host we've ever tried Um, so that that introduces the big bad and that's what causes them rolling the duke Um, but and the fear is it's supposed to be locked down i can't find the team all the footage in that room is cut i don't know where it is okay this thing is programmed kind of like deep blue sea this thing is programmed to get out. It knows this is not what it's supposed to be doing. It's supposed to go find the populace and start a nest. So it is also going to try to get out. And if this tunnel is the only way out of this base right now, it's going to come for us. Yeah. Yes. So Act 3, here we go. Okay. Uh, the the nuclear generator inside the facility blows up, destroys everything on the planet. Movie over. <laughs> Black screen game over, man. Yep. Uh, so we're we're heading through a tunnel. We're heading past the corridors. We're we're on our way to the landing pad, and we encounter. The big bad? Hold on. Okay. Yes, but hold on. Okay. We get there. And you know, they get there. And maybe the dropship's already dropped the Duke. Like it's it's like on a drop pod. Yeah. So we get there. Part of the squad goes to get that set up. Part of the squad is securing the LZ. We see the dropship coming through. Music rises up. Like, oh, thank God. We're, we're safe. We're here. The dropship is right there. It's landing. We're safe. We're out of here because remember the chimera can fly, Jay. Yes. It swoops in and takes out the dropship. Oh. And that's when they figure, oh shit, this thing can fly. Poor Spunkmeyer. <laughs> We're going to keep that tradition going. <laughs> you pilot a dropship, you're not going to be around long. Man. All right. What you get for, for you know, screwing around up on the station while we're doing all the work down here. All right. So takes out the dropship. We have that uh, gut-wrenching, your heart drops, we're not going to make it moment. So it takes, yeah, it takes the dropship out, tears it apart, and then it lands and it starts to kind of, you know, come towards them and they're all, you know, Return fire and they're shooting like it's not having any effect. And we're trying to stall until the Duke comes online. Yes. Yes. Yes, the Duke. Uh, so the Duke if, comes online. The, if it doesn't so the, have at least three miniguns on it. So the Chimera has to kill lead doctor guy because yes. you know, the whole kill by your own creation thing. That has to happen. We're not trying to reinvent the wheel here. Uh, Can it be one of those, like, 
you know, everybody's like running for their lives because it's coming towards them. You know, they're trying to hold the perimeter. He's just walking towards it in awe of his own creation. The doctor's walking towards it and he's like, it's beautiful. And then he's just done. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. The glorious way for him to go out. Glorious day in the core. (laughs) (sighs) Every formation of parade. I love the core. Okay. Anyway. Uh so who's is obviously the CEO is the one that's going to hop in the Duke and no pun intended. Have our big, yeah, have our big old fight with our upgraded queen versus our upgraded power loader. And, you know, maybe it's armored and he's not exposed like he is in the old one. And it's got, you know, guns and stuff on it. And they're having a big fight and uh, it gets beat to shit. And he's, he's almost done for. He, he tries to go mano a mano with the arms and, does okay for a second but then maybe like one of the arms gets torn off and it puts a tail through the armor and he gets paled and it's one of those like you know okay i'm not gonna make it but neither are you kind of moments there's like a there's he's got one arm left and it's got a rocket or something you know so what you got you got something okay. jay all right it's cheesy but i love it okay okay all right there's a button inside the duke that just says in case of emergency and it's like a like a cover and it's a push button self-destruct like it ignites every battery fuel cell piece of armor like it just everything goes all at once not where i thought you were gonna go jay just a just a do not like only in case of emergency like they put it in there as like a joke. They'll never need this. What if instead of that, it just is a button that says last resort? And he hits that. And from his one good arm, a blade pops out. So as the Chimera Queen comes in to, to finish him off, it's one swift uppercut to the jaw. Acid rains down on him. Ah, melting. Maybe not those words exactly, but yeah, they both go out in, in glory and gore. He's like, he's being burned by the acid and maybe, oh, okay, colonial marine fashion. You ready? It's the, the cover just says fuck off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> That's all it says. And he flips it up presses the button okay what about full send full send <laughs> there okay best of both worlds all right here we go okay split the difference right. here we go yeah yeah okay okay cover says it's like one of those switches like a button you know like you flip the cover and then press the button yeah yep. so the 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 cover just says full send you know like written in sharpie like full send and he yeah. flips it yeah. up and then on the button is like a little sticker with like a middle finger and he <laughs> presses it and that's that's all she wrote okay i can dig it so then do we have any survivors is the question not planet side but there are still people on the satellite yeah so 
here's my ending. Let me pitch it to you and let me tell you, let me tell me what you think of it. So that's our, our big ending is the explosion and um, the, the, the guys uh, at the station trying to get a hold of anybody. They can't, what, what the hell is going on down there? We've lost contact with everything. Last we heard you're in lockdown. What's, what's going on down there? What's going on? Um, you know, maybe they're, they're looking at like satellite footage of the planet and they just see like a crater <laughs> where the Duke used to be or something. Um, and, and someone says, you know, get on the horn and they, they, they call in to, to back to headquarters to report in and you cut to credits, you roll some credits and you cut to your mid cred scene. We're back on the station, the research, sorry, the research facility. And it's, full of bullet holes and grenade explosions and dead Xenos everywhere. And, you know, it's a mess. It's been through hell. Camera moves through the facility, kind of backtracking the course our Marines took. And we, we end in, um, okay, two ways you could do it. One, you end in the Camara research station room. As the smoke clears, you see in her chamber a broken egg sack but at the end of it is a single egg that opens okay or we come down the tunnel and it's kind of a you know pretty you know, light at the end of the tunnel kind of shot with like oh there's there's the you know sun or whatever in the tunnel and we're moving out of the tunnel and we we just hear like you know we we hear something scrambling camera moves a little bit and scrambling out of the tunnel is uh, a Chimera Queen facehugger. You're percolating. You got something. Okay. Because it ties into my last thing I want to see. Go ahead. We're, we're going through the facility. Okay. It's like, it's like a montage of like bullet holes, dead Xenos. We see the class. We see the, the Xeno bats. We see the the you know the uh komodo dragon xeno just you know st strewn to bits we see what's left of the gorilla xeno and we pan and we get to like you know research 01 right and the doors open so we go through the we go through the door right and we're panning around the xeno 01 like the chimera 01 room right and it, we're we're panning along the wall and we see like leftovers of what looks like a nest. And then we stop on evil Muldoon's body with a hole in his chest. Back up. Okay. Hole's not there yet. It's the last shot of the movie. It's coming out right at camera. Yes. With the yes. wings. And the multi-tails, the clearly delineate, yes, this this is not just any other Xeno. This is another Chimera. Do you with, so with the question, do you have like do you do you have evil Muldoon sort of aware and like awake, or is he just like hanging slumped? Maybe he comes too. He's been out of it and he comes too. And at first he's kind of reaching around, looking and seeing his, his dead. And then he just sees the, the face hugger just dead on the floor. And like we see him because he knows what's about to happen because he, he sees it. And it was him and a bunch of synths 
So if it laid an egg somewhere, and then he just he's you know he's looking around and starting to panic, and then and then you just see that you know the then by the camera, like we see the dread build on his face because he knows what's about to happen. Yes. Yeah. There you go. That's your. There's your. Your your coupe de grace. Uh, so the reason I wanted to end on sort of a life will find a way ending is there's one thing and it's not going to be in this movie. Maybe it'll be in the sequel. There's one thing I've been dying to see for decades. And it's something we got robbed of in the Ridley Scott prequels. Cause it's something that was brought up for decades when talking about doing another alien film. And everybody always said, well, if you do another one, you got to go to this, you got to do this. You got to go here. We never got to see. We were robbed of a Xeno homeworld. Because we got the whole stupid David got bored and played and made a Xenomorph bullshit explanation for where the creatures came from. Because for decades everyone talked about it. if you do another one, you gotta go to the alien homeworld. You gotta go to the homeworld. You gotta go, you gotta find out where they come from and go to their homeworld. We got robbed of that. Not only did we never get to see that, we got robbed of them even having a home world to come from to possibly go see. So in lieu of that, what I really want to see, and this is something you could maybe tie into Prometheus a bit with the uh, the black goo, the accelerant. I want to see the nightmare scenario come to fruition. I want to see my sequel to this movie is 17 days later. A marine rescue team comes out there and they land on a planet that is completely taken over by Xenos. A Xeno world. Yeah. Again, hard to fit that into this movie with everything else we wanted to cram in, but this kind of plants the seed for that. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be, I think, I think that would be a great mid credit scene to end the movie on like oh you know the they killed the queen and then you're watching the credits roll and all of a sudden you're like wait a minute that's the facility wait a minute that's evil Muldoon what oh shit (laughs) you know so I like it I I would watch that (laughs) Admittedly, much more of an action movie, but that's what you get when you put us together. Yes. Um, definitely some individual scenes where we play up the horror elements more, because I know and that that's ever since Aliens, that's the tug of war with this franchise. Is do you go horror? Do you go action? I think you can split the difference. You can have scenes of terror and you can have scenes of action in the same movie. Um, because I I feel like <laughs> I feel like at your facility you're gonna not you're also gonna have humans, not just synths everywhere and the universal hatred of snakes and like i i'm not a i don't hate snakes but the universal hatred of snakes the horror you could play off of of an acid spitting hooded king cobra xeno just slithering around you're just trying to make me uncomfortable now jerry wrapping people in coils you know, just the, the only person move. Jay. Yeah, sorry. The only person who can stop the snake is Eno. Samuel L. Jackson. 
No, space Latino John Voight. Oh, oh yeah. <laughs> I went snakes on a plane. I'm sorry. I know you did. <laughs> Two wildly different directions. <laughs> I say we nuked the side from orbit. It's the only way to be sure. <laughs> Never look into the eyes of a Xeno you kill. Because they're hard to find. The eyes, they're hard to see. I don't know where they are. <laughs> sometimes they're there, sometimes they're not. I don't know what that was, I'm sorry. <laughs> He's, he sees the queen, the queen Chimera 01. Hello, pretty bird. <laughs> Because it's got wings, you know, pretty bird. Oh, God. Uh, too much. Too far. Too far. All right. All right. Now we know where the line is. We can set it back a little bit. Uh, <clears throat> so there is. Yeah, that's that's our story with uh, the elements we've wanted to see in an alien movie. And maybe it's a bit extreme. It's definitely a kitchen sink kind of thing. It's everything we've ever wanted to see mostly thrown into one movie uh, and i know that's a pipe dream i get it i know but you gotta start somewhere so those are our ideas that's what we would love to see in an alien movie uh, the ideas we as longtime fans have been waiting to see realized on screen what did you think of our ideas did you have any crazy xeno hybrids you want to see happen any any animals you want to see turn into a xeno um, what's the scariest thing you can think of? Snake alien for me. Apparently Jay is not a fan of those bats. For me, it would be, it'd be a spider alien, but the thing is that's sort of like a face hugger. So that's like creepy yeah, enough. Yeah. So yeah. I, that's, that's why, like, that's why bat, oh God, I just <laughs> couldn't even imagine like walking in. It's not so much that bats freak me out, but it's the idea of Xeno bats. I get very like, uh, uh, pitch black sort of vibes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. And that that, uh, seemed, that seemed terrifying. I hate watching <laughs> when the, they're all flying. I'm like, oh my god. Uh, we didn't really get into the nuts and bolts of the advanced gear, uh, but you know, sometimes less is more. Uh, but yeah. So, what xenomorphs do you want to see? Um, what elements would you love to see in an alien movie that has been yet to be put on screen? Let us know. Maybe there's enough to do it again. Do you want to see us come back and pitch the Xeno Planet movie? We'll do it. Don't you don't don't we'll do it. Don't tempt me with a good time. <laughs> All right, then until next time. This has been Obi John and the Doc, last survivors of the Nerd Alert Podcast, <laughs> signing off. <laughs>